Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Hallelujah. You know, when Jehoshaphat and God's people were threatened by enemy armies, God gave them the words to say. They didn't have to come up with it. Put praisers up front and have them to say, for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. You keep that up front and things can't get past that. Amen. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Let's say it together. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. He was getting them to focus on him, not on what opposed them. Amen. He always gives us the best place to look. He is the best place to look. Amen. Hallelujah. We're turning around to four or five people before you're seated. Give them a great big God bless you tonight. Then you can be seated. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How many of you came ready tonight? You came hungry tonight? I'm just telling you from my own bad manners. Hungry people sound different at a table. They look different. They're draped halfway over the, t- the table and they're just going. I mean, and it's just dripping, you know. It's just like they don't even pause to wipe. Right? Uh, my mother would have this thing that she would say, Nancy, Nancy, strong and able, get your elbows off the table. This is not a horse's stable, but a first-class dining table. So let's not make that our motto tonight. It is a first-class dining table, but let's act like we're at the trough. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) You ever heard a pig eat? I mean, there are sounds with enjoyment, right? (laughs) And I didn't just come to eat. I came to enjoy what I'm eating. That was pretty bad, that pig sound I just made, right? I should have had somebody else to do that. (laughs) And so I I fully authorize you to lay your elbows on the table tonight. I fully authorize you to put the napkin down and just slurp it up and let it drip. Yeah, amen, amen. Yeah. So many times we got to be in Dad Hagen's meetings and he would state, not in every meeting, but at different times, he would state how far he was able to flow at the measure of the office he stood in. He'd say, oh, we got to 30% tonight or 40%, 50 The highest I ever heard, now he might have said higher, but the highest I ever heard was 70%. And then he said, the reason we got to 70% is because that's as far as the people would go. 
It wasn't as far as his office would go or as far as God would go. It's as far as the people. So uh, let's go all, let's go all the way. And it's not just up to the preacher. You know, I, I remember, um, one time in particular when Morgan and Stephen lived with us, uh, for, a couple of years while they owned a home, but God said, I have another home for you. And what he did was he got them out of the home they owned so they wouldn't be comfortable in the home they owned and not stretch to the home he had for them. And so they came and lived with us and it wasn't that big of a difficulty because they and I left so much and the home was there. And then we had two, what we, I don't know if you know what that is out here, but we have two casitas. So casitas are like guest homes that are connected to that home. And so we had two additional ones plus the extra bedrooms in the house. So there was certainly room and they didn't have to be all under the same roof. It was, there's an inner courtyard and then all the, all the different rooms came off of that. And so it was a very comfortable setting. But, uh, in that, um, because and when I was home, I would always cook like it or not <laughs> because not because Stephen was there, not because Morgan was there, but because Bubby was there, yeah. my first grandbaby. Yeah. And he, I wanted him to have a meal without a receipt on it. Oh. <laughs> you know, it, it, you know something's wrong when every meal has a receipt taped to it, you know? And I just wanted him to have family memories. Do what? You were living at my house. I'm talking about my house, not your house. <laughs> no, I'm saying when I was there, I don't know what you did when I wasn't there, but I'm just saying when I was there, it was my kitchen. So I cooked. I didn't say that you put a receipt on every meal. I said, I wanted to cook so there wouldn't be. I didn't say there was a receipt on every meal. No. Family feud. They're moved out now. No one sees but on this one particular night, I had made, uh, you know, chicken fried steak. I had made mashed potatoes and gravy and uh, sweet potatoes and all this kind of stuff. And I did homemade cinnamon rolls. Now, it looked like a mess when it was being made, but it tasted fine. <laughs> Dough from the, you know, from, the, from scratch, everything. And I had a marble, you know, I have a marble counter, excuse me, granite countertop, so it works out good. You don't even have to have a board. You just put it on there. It looked like a mess, but mm-hmm, lick it up, you know? And so I went in and it was all done and I had spent so much time. And because I'm not graceful in the kitchen, you know, some that are, they're, they're just, they're just smooth. They're graceful. It's their, that's their niche. And I'm like, you know, but at least it gets done. And I walked back into the kids were all at the table and ready to eat. And I walked back in the bedroom where Ed was and he was laying there. And uh, I said to him, I said, uh, dinner's ready. And he goes, what are you having? <laughs> that royally ripped me. <laughs> because when you've spent 
much time and you're going to act like you picky right now. <laughs> and he said something I've never heard out of his mouth in my life. He said, I was wanting Long John Silvers tonight. I go, I've never even seen him eat there. I didn't even know we had one. And I said, get to the table. <laughs> I'm just saying, somebody prepared something for you. There's a right and a wrong response. <laughs> and even though he's res- he responded, it was still the wrong response. <laughs> and he came and they ate, du- they ate seconds. I mean, it was good. We ate it all. So the next night, he came in and said, what's for supper? I said, Long John Silver's. <laughs> <laughs> you, that's what you said. Yeah. That's what you're going to hear tonight. <laughs> yeah, with a receipt. With a receipt tape to it. <laughs> and what I'm saying is this that what God offers us, yeah. we're hungry for it. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Just a little fun time there. Just a little fun time. Turn with me, we must start again, Psalms chapter eight. I so appreciate what God is wanting to do. He's wanting to bring us into more. Yes. There's never, we've never reached, reached it all. That's right. There's always further to go. And I'm looking for more light, amen, and greater utterance of, uh, of the things that belong to this era. And I certainly don't pretend to have it all or know it all, but I'm willing to go and reach with you. Psalm chapter eight and verse four. I so, I so love the wording of this. What is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him for thou hast made him, God made him to be a little lower than himself, not angels, but the word is Elohim. Mm -hmm. It's God himself. So God made us a little lower than himself and has crowned man with glory and honor. And God made man to have dominion over the works of thy hands. God has put all things under man's feet. Think of that, the largeness of that. Tonight, bear with me because I'm going to do some things that may be restating things you already know, but I feel it necessary to, to make sure a foundation is there for everyone hearing because it's not just in the room. It's people watching by live stream. And it's a mistake that we make to assume everyone knows certain things because we all need to be refreshed in what we know. But... God began saying some things and things started coming up out of my spirit that I had never thought about. Maybe you have, and I'm just behind in it, but things that started wording that started coming up and we'll get to it a little bit later after I say some things, but, um, God began talking to me just as faith is, uh, the flow of faith. And God gave to every one of his people, the beginning measure of faith. And then it's up to us to what we do with that measure. 
we can increase it, we can neglect it. What we, we are, it's in our custodianship. And faith is a, a general word, but it has very specific functions. That there's faith for healing, faith for prosperity, faith for the plan of God, faith for the office you're called to. All of these come under the one big word of faith, but there's many, if we could say this, subcategories. And God's been dealing with me that God made man to have dominion. That's one big category, but there's subcategories to that dominion. And if we only treat it as just one big topic, we're going to miss the the skill of the specifics that come into dominion. So I want to just basically say some things before we uh, get into what came into my heart. But when it says that God made man to have dominion, uh, that's because we're created in his image. He can share his dominion with us because we're spirit beings as he is a spirit being. So this is a spirit flow. This dominion is a spirit flow. It's not a personality flow. It's not a temperament flow. It's a spirit flow. It's something that is a particular to the spirit of man and finds its source from him. And as we said last night, Adam lost the dominion, but Jesus came and gave it back. That shows you how important it is. Nothing lost. And then Jesus is the master key that makes that dominion work. It's all in his name. And dominion, he made us to have dominion. And so when I I see this word dominion, I also see the word dominate. Mm -hmm. He made us to dominate situations, circumstances, even locations that our life rests. Not dominating other people's wills. Amen. It says that, as we read, he has put all things under our feet, not all people. All things. And uh, either we dominate or we're dominated. Because something on every scene is going to dominate. And God says, it's you I authorized and empowered to dominate. Amen. Amen. We've been given dominion over Satan, over the world, and over our flesh. And we must become skillful with our dominion over Satan, over the world, and over our flesh. Amen. And it's a daily, consistent exercise. That every time something comes up to challenge who you are in Christ, you're, you, you uh, respond from that place of dominion. We've been raised and seated with Christ. That's a seat of dominion. It's a location of dominion. It's a seat of authority. Amen. And it's part of our inheritance. It's a vital part that affects so much of the flow of our inheritance is our skill with this inheritance of dominion. So go with me to Romans chapter 12 because we can't address dominion properly unless we address this passage. 
Romans chapter one, because this is what God brought me back to. Uh, one, one, uh, one night I was at Pastor Jay's, what was it, just last week, a week, a half ago or so, and I woke up in the middle of the night and one statement came, so I just got up to write it and two hours later I'm still writing, you know? And so I ended up typing up, what was it, what did I say, 40 pages of notes? And I didn't get to preach, but what, two at your church. So it's not a lack of notes. Right, right. But God gave me more notes today and it wasn't in those, in the context of those that he already gave. So this is something he wants us to spotlight. Romans 12, verse one, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, or the Amplified says, which is your spiritual worship. And be not, verse two, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove, or the word here is discern, that you may discern what is the good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God. Why do you need to discern that? So you'll choose the perfect and not settle for just the good. It's only the renewed mind that can discern the perfect will of God. So here we have to remember we are, a spi- we are a threefold being. We're not part spirit, part soul, part body. We're a threefold. We're not three parts. We're threefold. That's right. yeah. And uh, our spirit, the soul, which is made up of the mind, the will and the emotions. And then, of course, we live in a body. When we were born again, Jesus, God did something with our spirits. He gave us a new one. He didn't heal it. He didn't heal the old one. The old one was, the old one was dead. He took out in Ezekiel 36, 26, and I'll just read it to you. He says, a new heart also I will give you and a new spirit will I put within you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you an heart of flesh. So God did something with our spirits at the new birth, but Paul is telling us there's some other aspects of your being that you're going to have to deal with. And he says, it's the body and it's the mind. Amen. We're the ones who have to do something with it, not God. But he empowered us and equipped us so that we could do something with it. It's not in our ability or in our own strength that we're dealing with the body and the mind. We're dealing with it based with this divine equipment. This equipping we have, the Holy Ghost is our helper in this thing. The the word of God is, uh, gives us that ability. Amen. So first of all, It says, number one, we are to present or submit our bodies to God. What's that mean? Uh, What's it mean when it says, present your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God? That means uh, you're presenting yourself, your your body to something every day. We used to present it to sin. 
We used to present it to doing wrong. He's saying, quit presenting your bodies to what you used to present it to. Present it to God, doing right. What pleases God? What is God leading you to do? Present your bodies to that now. Amen. Hallelujah. Then the word of course says, sin shall no longer have dominion over you. So even though uh, there is the temptation to sin, we, we are empowered to not present our bodies to it. We, we talk to it and say, no, you have no more dominion over me. Sin, bad habit, uh, that desire of the flesh, you no longer are lording it over me. You're not pushing me around anymore. Amen. Amen. Romans six thirteen, and I'm going to. I believe <clears throat> I'm not sure if this is amplified or not. Romans six thirteen says, "Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness, but yield." Your body was made for yielding, not made for leading made to be yielded to something. And those who allow their bodies to lead them live less than what God provided. Your body was made to be yielded, meaning the subject to your spirit, not to take dominion over your spirit and boss you around. But yield yourselves unto God as those who are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God, for sin shall not have dominion over you. He already told us we were made for dominion. We weren't made for sin. And sin tries to boss you around. You are authorized to stand up and say, no, I have dominion over that desire of the flesh. I have that dominion over that habit of the flesh. You answer it. That's right. It says in verse 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Grace equipped us. The grace of God includes divine ability so that we can say no to sin and enables us to live the presented life that's presented unto God. Amen. Amen. If we don't do something with our bodies, your body can ruin your life. Absolutely. As a Christian, your body can ruin your life. If our bodies are permitted to be in the lead, God did not equip your body to be in the lead. Your body is to be a servant to you, not your master. Amen. And Paul said, I keep under my body. What's he keep it under? He keeps it under the dominion of his spirit because dominion flows out of your spirit. I keep under my body. I bring it into subjection less that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway Or another translation says, unless I be set aside as unusable. Uh We're never unvaluable to God because the blood of Jesus was such a high price that purchased us. But being of great value doesn't mean great use. 
I don't want to just be of great value. I want to be of great use. And how we, what we do with the body determines our usefulness to God. My mother loved antique things and she had some nice pieces and she didn't, she, you know, she liked the European antiques and uh, she had some lovely chairs and she had done needlepoint. She did lovely, lovely handwork and she did some pedipoint and she put that on these chairs and she'd say, don't anybody sit on that. What she added to it added only more value to it. It was a great value, but of little use. I don't just want to say, oh, God loves me. Yes, he loves me. But I want to be able to say, God can use me. And what determines that is what we allow with our bodies. And Paul was saying, I don't let my body push me around. He was telling us how he became one of the most used men of his generation by God. That's insight. How did he arrive at a place of such great usefulness? How he handled his body was a key part of that. The second thing that we're told to do, present our bodies to God, but the second thing we're told to do is renew our minds. Which means the renewing of the mind means taking on God's way of thinking. God's word is his thoughts. So he offers us his thoughts and it would behoove us to take them. (laughs) When our thoughts are different than his, we set aside ours and we pick up his. That's just that simple. That's what the renewing of the mind includes. But the renewing of the mind doesn't just say, I can confess this and I know what God's thought is on this, but it's, I've made his thought mine. How do you make his thought yours? Through meditation and action. You have to meditate on the word to drive that word into your spirit so you can take ownership of that word. People know what the word says in so many different situations, but they will say it doesn't seem like it's true for me. What do they lack? The word is still theirs. What do they lack? They've got to make it theirs through meditation. Meditation is how you build the word in you and you build you in the word. And that takes time. That means when you're driving down the road in the car, what, when you were spending time with God that day, what seemed to leap off the page to you? Take that and meditate on it throughout the day. Build that in you. Talk to it and let it talk to you. Talk to God about his word. Don't just read it. Talk to him about it. And you drive that word down into your spirit until it becomes part of your lifestyle. Now, your mind isn't renewed until the word has reached your lifestyle. It's not enough that it reached your confession. It's not enough that it reached your memory. It's when it reaches your daily lifestyle, now you know you are on your way to renewing your mind because now his thoughts become your actions. His thoughts become your way of doing. That's the renewing of the mind. 
Not just the ability to parrot what your, what your pastor said on Sunday. That's not the renewing of the mind. It's when his word finds his home in your heart and in your doing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So until we're a doer, our mind's not renewed. And this is what we're warned of. Don't just be a hearer only. How many people are great note takers? I'm a good note taker, baby. I'm a good note taker. But that's not my victory. And sometimes we think because we took good notes, we were good students. Good students are doers, not just good note takers. Praise the Lord. Don't congratulate yourself for having the biggest field notebook. Because you'll miss the mark of what those notes are offering you. Amen. Amen. And the more we are under the word, the quicker this renewing process takes place. Yes. We can speed it up or slow it down. Yeah. That's why every time church doors are open, it, it benefits us yeah. because we are speeding up the process. And when you speed up the process, you're going to make your life easier. Yes. Yes. Life will be sweeter for you yes. with a renewed mind. Yes. The way of the transgressor is hard. To transgress the thoughts of God makes life hard. My mother, when she would do her, uh, you know, redo her furniture, we had a big kitchen table that daddy had built, so you can understand what that looked like. (laughs) It had been there for years, and all of us kids grew up around that table, and she kept that table nearly to the whole end of her life. And it was a long one because we needed a long one because there were six of us, but we always brought friends home. So there was always a tribe of people around our our kitchen table. That's where our life went on around that kitchen table. It was not lovely, but it was dear. (laughs) And mother would take that kitchen table, cover it with newspapers, and up would go a piece of furniture on that thing. You know, a small table or a chair. And uh, mother mother was the get it done woman in her world. That woman, when she started a project, nobody slept. Nothing got done till that got done. And she would pull out all the stops. She'd pull out everything. She'll put up, you know, all the, to remove the, the paint remover and the grinder and stuff. One time I, I, I went home and mother had a big, she, 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 loved, she loved working outside. She loved the heat. I mean, these two, they're going to live pretty close to each other in heaven. But she had, she would be mowing the lawn, so she had on some longer shorts, and down the part, the lower part of her thigh was just a, a big old gouge. And I said, what happened to your leg? She said, um, what, let me think of the word. Uh, the, uh, it, it, the grinder got away from me. <laughs> so she's got something on her lap. She's just going at it with the grinder and that thing just, and that steel teeth grinder, it's just, it's got teeth about this long, just went across her leg. She's so tough. I mean, she was so, so tough. But you could always tell what she was doing by looking at her body. (laughs) What's she working on? People ought to be able to look at your life and know, what are you working on? 
You can know by the smells of the house. Oh, oh, I, 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 yeah, I can smell that. Yeah. That paint thinner. Woo, brother, that sends you. Yeah. And she'd have out all the tools. And she just, just didn't get the big stuff. She'd get little stuff because she was so particular over details. It had to be perfect. And she would get little tools and she would, she would dig out the smallest remnant of paint from under the ledge that nobody would ever see, but she knew. And then it had to, it had to feel like baby skin, baby. It could not be rough. I mean, when she came and every time she would come to California and see me and would have a different house, the first thing she'd do is go, she's feeling of the woodwork. She's feeling of the windowsills because if it wasn't smooth, this is, this is a junk house. <laughs> that details were everything to her everything to her and she would always she'd get a new piece of furniture you want to hear how you want to hear how she'd get with my dad you might have heard this but it's, it's good it's not good doctrine but it's still good story I went with her one time and there was a place about an hour away and they would get European antiques and daddy knew that this was a place that she hung out and so uh, I was with her one day and, uh, you know, Frank, give me my receipt. And she said, he said okay, Carolyn. You know, they're, they're, she, they know each other, you know. And uh, so he writes, her out a, he writes her out a receipt and then he says, okay, how much you want this receipt for? <laughs> he'd give her the real receipt, then he'd give her a fake receipt. <laughs> one that she had for her files and one that she had for daddy. Well, you know, there, are, there is scripture. <laughs> do all you can do to be at peace with all men. As, as much as possible. That was very possible. You say, well, that was a lie. Well, Rahab the harlot lied. When she hid God's people, she lied. No, don't use that. Don't use that. Don't use that. <laughs> don't use that. I, I told you that's not good doctrine. Spit out the sticks. And um, so she came home and she got like a $6,000 piece while we were there. And she, oh, Frank, make it for $500. <laughs> Daddy comes in, we come home, she's got this little, this little, uh, it's a small chest, you know, it goes on the, she's got on the table and he said, oh, so you got something new. Yep. Here's a receipt for it. He picks it up, $500. He said, that's fake and you know it. <laughs> and he never asked for the real one. That was just their little charming way of making life work. He knows she's going to do what she's going to do. And he could afford it. So just pay up, buddy. But when she would put something on the table, nothing got done until she was able to get that thing completed because she so appreciated what she bought, she could not wait to use it. She was so excited to get that thing redone because she wanted to hurry up and use it. I tell you what, 
Our inheritance is so rich. We need to hurry up and renew our minds. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Give full attention to renewing your mind because the quicker you renew it, the more you're going to enjoy what's been provided because only the renewed mind can fully enjoy. When it's unrenewed, there'll be portions. There'll be a measure of enjoyment, but not full enjoyment. Not full enjoyment. Amen. So speed it up. The more you come to church, the more you speed up the renewing of the mind process. The more services you miss, the more you're going to have to leave that unfinished thing in your life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But on this earth, we will never complete the renewing process. We have to, why? Because the word is so vast. All through eternity, we're delving into the riches of that word. But we can gain great skill with the word to where we can enjoy fully on this earth all that's been provided for us here. Amen. And Dad Hagen used to say this, the mind doesn't stay renewed any more than the hair stays combed. And we can always tell by looking at you if you combed it or not today. And we can tell by looking at lives if they're renewing their minds. Amen. Every day we get up and put our hair in place. Every day we have to get up and put our mind in place. Say, no, you're not going that way. No, you're not. No, 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 you're not. Amen. And the word tells us that as we renew our minds, something great happens. Our lives are transformed. Transformed. Thank God for ministry lines. Thank God that your pastor prays for you, lays hands on you. Thank God for these marvelous gifts of the Spirit, but none of them transform you. They bless you, but they do not transform your life. Only the Word can do that. I said only the Word can do that. Someone can get saved, but if they never renew their mind with the word, their lives will look like their unsaved neighbors. You'll have the same crisis they have. Your kids will do the same thing their kids do. Your body will misbehave the way theirs does. You'll fight bad habits and bad habits will push you around and strife in the home. And all of that is not due to God not doing something for us. To do to one thing, not renewing the mind, and therefore our lives aren't transformed. Praise the Lord. I want my behavior to reflect who's in me. A renewed mind will affect your behavior. God did not come here to give us right behavior. He came here to, Jesus came to give us life. But when that life is given its proper place in our thought life, It'll, it'll affect our behavior. Amen. God wants, when we read Romans 12 verses 1 and 2, God's showing us what he wants. He wants submitted bodies and renewed minds. He wants submitted bodies and renewed minds. And I will say this, that 
The reason he wants that is because he knows that is our greatest defense against the devil. You understand that? Your greatest defense is a body under control. Your greatest defense is a mind renewed. Why? Because your body and your mind have doors attached to them. And a submitted body has closed doors on that body that just not anything can come in. And on that mind, there are doors. And just not any thought can come in. When you have a renewed mind, a renewed mind goes around and shuts every door of the mind. Shuts every door of the body. You're not, I'm not playing with this. I'm not playing with that. They sh- the renewed mind is a door slammer. A door slammer. A renewed mind is not there with all the doors open refreshing itself with whatever blows through in the wind that day. We're not airing out anything. When uh, Grant was little, toddler, we lived in a house that was, that was on four and a half acres. And then every home around us had that. So we would have several acres spread between homes. And then not all the, not all the lots were sold. So there were vacant lots. So there was even more undeveloped acreage out there. And Grant had this thing. And you know, most kids, most toddlers, when they can't see their mom and dad, they get nervous. They start crying, not Grant. He wanted to not be able to see his mom and dad. (laughs) Several times a day, that kid would go out, no matter, any door, any door, and take off. And we had no idea, he never went the same direction twice. (laughs) It's like he didn't find like his favorite spot and you could go find him in his favorite spot. They were all his favorite spots. I mean, one time, we couldn't find, and I'm talking like 45 minutes and an hour later, we're still looking for him. And this was a common occurrence. One late, I, I sent one of, one of the gals that was helping me look because I had, you know, help at the house. And I says, well, go, there's a, there's a trailer house up there. They're going to build a house and they've got a trailer house on it while they're waiting to build. I said, go up there, ask if they've seen him. And I, you understand it's on a hill far away. On that old rugged cross, no, I mean, I'm talking about on a hill far away, there's this trailer and she went, my, my gal went up there and, and there was a lady who had just come home from the hospital that day. And she said to the lady, have, have you seen a toddler run around? She says, yeah, I've got him in my house. I just called the police. I didn't know where he belonged. I had the police to come pick him up. I didn't know where he belonged. That was my child. He had a good home. So we would put locks on the doors and then you had to keep them locked during the day because an open door was a problem. So, you know, he would just get a chair, push it up to the door and lock it and go out. And you come home, you come out and the door's open. You go, oh my gosh, hide and seek, here we go. And then I started putting multiple locks of different kinds, some that were hard, he'd unlock them all. So then I put more locks and then I got it this way, lock some, but leave some unlocked. So that when he goes to unlock them, he's locking some. That was the only way we got him stopped. But every door looked like, 
people that live there are convicts. <laughs> because we had multiple locks on every door. Yeah. Oh my God. But that's how important the doors were. Yes. Yes. And a renewed mind is a closed door. Yes. And a renewed mind has a gatekeeper at that door. Yes, that you don't just let anything in because it knocks in, because it wants in. Okay, I got to tell on Pastor Debbie this, this week. This is great. What day did we arrive? We arrived Friday. You, you came with us. Was it Saturday morning? Sunday morning. No, it was uh, Saturday, Saturday morning. morning. Saturday okay, morning. Saturday morning. So we get to bed, you know, uh, I don't know what time I got to bed, um, maybe 1.30, something like that. And I get up and I'm 6.45 and I'm texting the staff ladies. I said, let's go on a walk. Anybody want to go? Let's go. And so the up ones, you know, they're, or the ones who at least have their ringer on, you know, they're texting me back, you know, acting like they're awake and... <laughs> Yeah, Pastor, we'll go. I texted her and there was no response. And I, so I texted her several more times, no response. So I said, that's it, we're being rude. We're going to her hotel. She's across the street from us. So several of us get up and we go walk. And I go up and I go, and go, you know, I'm hoping this is the right room. So it's now about seven, some, a little after seven in the morning. And you can hear her, she's slow, and then you hear her coming, and she goes, hello, who is it? I said, it's room service. What? <laughs> it's room service. And she goes, I didn't order room service. Yes, you did. <laughs> no? You can tell that she's not quite awake, she's trying to figure out. No? I didn't order room service. I said, yes, you did. Yes, you did. Room service is here. And she said, no. You know, you can hear she's waking up a little bit because her voice is getting more certain. No, I didn't order room service. I said, yes, you did. It's getting cold. (laughs) And she said, no, I didn't. I said, yes, you did. Open the door. She said, do you think I'm going to open the door to you? She doesn't recognize my voice. I'm not even trying to disguise it. She said, do you think I'm going to open the door to you? I said, yes, you are. I've got your food. Open your door. And she goes, well, just a minute. I've got to put my robe on. So she comes over. She opens the door and she opens it. So I told Didi, video this. I wish I videoed the whole thing. It was so great. And we're all laughing, you know. And I said, video this. So she opens the door and then she sees me and she, oh, pastor, you know. And, And so we waited for her and she came out on the walk with us. But it was all about the door at that, at that time. It was all how you treated the door. If you don't like what's at the door, you don't have to just because it's, there's sound at the door that won't quit. You ever had your head banged on? A thought just banging, 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 banging. And people will say, oh my gosh, I'm tormented by that thought. 
just don't answer it. Don't don't, don't open the door to that thing. And the good thing, if it's hammering and keeps hammering, that's a good sign. It's still out. It's not in your thought life. And the devil wants you to think just because you're hearing the banging that it's in your thought life. Now, don't misunderstand me. You don't have to sit there and be a subject to banging thoughts. But I'm just telling you, just because it continues to show up doesn't mean it's yours. Now, there are some people that just by nature, they are cautious around doors. You know, they're thinking as a parent, you think there's, there, there's people on the other side of this door maybe. So you don't just go, bam, you know, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> we were flying out here and we were thinking about because we were taking off and Morgan said, Ed was the type. Ed gave us so much fun. Ed was the type when he got on the airplane, he, you know, you can get spoiled by having a private plane because everything suits you. And on a commercial flight, very little suits you. And so he, we'd get on the plane and they, you know, they tell you, you know, have your seat back upright, have your seat built on all this stuff. And, and you're supposed to wait till you get about, I don't know, whether it's 10,000 feet or something before they'll even consider taking off the seat, seat belt sign so that you can even go to the restroom. They want you to have it on all the time. But if you need to go to the restroom, it's, and you don't lay your seat backs until you know yeah. we reach that point. Well, Ed's theology and doctrine was the moment the wheels start down the runway, Bam, he would push that button in and bam, that seat back. And he didn't go back gradually, you know, just in case somebody's leaning forward, reaching for something, he'd go, bam. (laughs) And I always, I push it and I go back real slow because there may be a child back there. There may... There may be somebody's foot in between, you know. There's, some, there's something surrounding this seat. And he would go, bam. But that's Ed. He was a slammer. He was just a slammer. Dr. Summerall was a slammer. That was just the way they entered or exited things. They came in big, you know. <laughs> the renewed mind is a slammer. You don't just gradually close the door to a wrong thought. The quicker you recognize that you have left a door open, you better go over and get that thing slammed tight, quick. And I won't tell you other stories and connections with those seats because, (laughs) praise the Lord, I still want to ride on the commercial flights. So, amen. So Satan's chief battleground is the mind. We cannot handle softly the place he shows up to challenge us. We have to be so assertive in that arena because that's where he's going to show up to ruin your life. Is in the body and in the mind. Many think that the devil is their problem when the real problem is they haven't done what they ought with their bodies and minds. 
And they're trying to exercise dominion over the devil. They're trying to use the name of Jesus and it's not working for them because they have not yet submitted their body and renewed their minds. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. What time did I start? Um, Okay. About 8.30 I started. (laughs) James chapter 4, verse 7. James chapter 4, verse 7. He writes this, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. What is that? Use your dominion. Use your dominion. Use your authority. That's what he's saying. Use your authority against the enemy. And what will happen? There will be a result. He will flee from you. It's so critical to know he doesn't just say, use your authority resist the devil and the devil will flee. There is a statement before it. Submit to God. The the most primary ways and the most important ways of submitting to God is present your body and renew your mind. Obey him. Submit to him in that. Amen. Amen. Our flow of authority is interrupted when submission to God is interrupted. If we don't have, if we're, our bodies, we're not submitting our bodies to God, we're just letting them do what they want, go where they want. And we're not submitting our, our minds to God. We're not renewing our minds. We're just letting anything we think, anything, we just sit and think about anything we want. And then we go to use our authority and then wonder why it doesn't work. It's interrupted. Yeah, very good. Yeah. So critical. To dominion, so critical to to authority, and this is what God began to bring up to me today. When I could have gone to forty other pages of teaching, this is what He wanted spotlighted. Amen. 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 We were made for dominion, and we already have it. We already have it. It's not trying to get it. We already have it because it's part of our inheritance package of in Christ. Right? In the flow of dominion that is already ours, with that dominion, we're authorized to renew our minds. To renew your mind, you have to use your dominion. I mean, there are so many times when my my mind just kept, and and I'd say, no, you don't mind. I'm talking to my mind. It's subject to me. It's subject to me. When the mind is racing, yes. mm-hmm. and I say, no, you don't, no, you, don't. you stop. Yes. Yes. Amen. 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 When we renew our minds, we quit thinking wrong. And when we quit thinking wrong, the devil loses sway over us. He can only sway us through wrong thinking. Amen. Amen. Jesus spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly. The devil has nothing left to defeat you with. 
The only thing he has is suggestions and threats. The power of suggestion is all he's got. But to the renewed mind, no suggestion works. His suggestions and threats only work on the mind that's not thinking in line with what God says. Amen? And this is, now we're getting to things that started coming up out of my spirit that were really new for me. And I, like I said, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm behind in this and you already know this and I'm just going to, they go, well, bless her Lord for getting this. But our dominion and authority is released, number one, through speaking, we submit to God and we speak to the devil, we speak to that opposition and it has to flee, Right. But this is the wording that came up out of my spirit today. Our authority and dominion is also released through the flow of the renewed mind. Dominion is released through the flow of the renewed mind. And when we are renewing our minds, the release of our authority becomes a natural, daily, consistent flow of our lives. Now I'm going to give you some examples to illustrate this. The dominion and authority of the renewed mind. Now, for time's sake, I'll just quote this to you. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. This is a picture of the renewed mind. This is what yeah. the renewed mind does. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's right. Every day. Every day. It's never a time that this is completed. Every day, this is our flow. Yes. We're casting down thoughts. Amen. And they're not troubling us because we recognize they're wrong and the door is closed to them. Right. Amen. 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 This is the picture of the renewed mind and the renewed mind has a dominion a flow of dominion and authority that comes with it naturally. Um, When Satan came and sat on the bed of Smith Wigglesworth, he was awakened in the middle of the night because he felt an evil influence in the room. That's what woke him up. He doesn't say the devil said anything. He just felt his presence and he woke up. He rolled over and saw Satan sitting in manifested form. This is a challenge. He's come to oppose and challenge him in in his own realm, in this realm. And Smith Wigglesworth rolls over and sees him. He doesn't say, Satan, I resist you, which is one way of resisting. But he didn't do that. He said, oh, It's only you. And he rolled back over and went to sleep. What was that? The renewed mind, the flow of dominion coming through the renewed mind. The renewed mind just sees things and doesn't even really sometimes acknowledge it because it is so unaffected. That door is closed so tight. It, it, it has reached a point of ignoring right. 
with total peace, not ignoring hoping it'll go away, no, ignoring knowing it has no rights. Amen. It's about not just moments. God doesn't want us to just have moments of victory. He wants us to have a lifestyle of victory. There is no lifestyle of victory without the dominion of the renewed mind flowing. The renewed mind lives in continual victory. Every thought is cast down. Every thought is shut out. Every wrong thought. Every suggestion of the enemy. Not even, not even given any entrance. And life is lived this way instead of punching at stuff all day long, trying to get them out of your life. And the, the, renew, the greater the renewing of the mind, the greater the flow of dominion just by what you know. You just know. And you say, don't you have to say? Sometimes you can, you can know so much you don't have to say some things because you carry a posture of dominion. My mother, when she'd take us into stores or over to someone's house and we did something, she just... Dominion was visible. That is a higher flow than just, you know, and just chewing them out in front of somebody. We've been chewed out at home. Then we got in public. She didn't have to say anything. She'd just look at us. Dominion by the countenance. How can you have a countenance of dominion? You have to have a renewed mind. Your mind has to be renewed. You have to know some things. And you are unaffected. I'm not saying we don't answer things. I've got a book called Answer It. I know that, but there is a place of so certain dominion that you can just look at certain things and you know. They opened the door. What was it on Sunday night? I was telling how, about how that pastor called Dr. Summerall to the room when the wife was screaming in pain. They opened the door of Dr. Summerall coming to their room and all the pain stops. Not a word said. That's right. That's right. Nothing taken authority over. It's just dominion showed up. Yeah. Yeah. And the devil stopped. Yeah. This is a lifestyle that we are authorized for if we will submit our bodies and renew our minds. Amen. Praise the Lord. The renewed mind, the submitted bodies and the renewed mind will offer you heaven on earth. Absolute days of heaven on earth. I decided long ago I am not going to live a life of difficulty. I will not. I can't believe for a moment that God has put me down here to struggle. I I refuse to wait to go to heaven before I live there. I can live there before I go there. How? With a submitted body and a renewed mind. 
Think about it. We, um, we had gone to Africa, Ed and I and Stephen. And one day they took us out on a safari ride. And I mean, we saw about everything you could see out there. Yeah. And we saw lions out there. <clears throat> one of the things, there were hyenas. There were all kinds of things out there. And the lion, people, nothing came near it. Why? It's the top of the food chain, baby. The lion's mind is renewed to that. And anyone who challenged it got their mind renewed. Because the lion knew, I'm top of the food chain. And if something comes up to a lion and just growls or something, that lion, they were the most unmoving animals on the prairie there. Why? When you're in charge, you don't have to do a lot of moving. And that lion could be laying this way and all of a sudden hear a sound. It wouldn't get up and go see what it is. It You, you're not, are you? You're not. You're not, are you? In you is the lion of the tribe of Judah. It's not running around frantically trying to win. It's so assured. There's a, an, a certainty, hmm, a fortifying on the inside that I know. That certainty that knowledge gives you and skill with that knowledge causes you to lie down in the midst of things and be untroubled. Yes. It causes you. Yes. Thou preparest a table before me yes. in the presence of mine enemies. You're authorized to ignore the enemy that's present when you know something. And you're skilled at staying at the table instead of skilled at looking behind you, hoping the enemy's not getting your finances and getting your children. Because you know some things. Yes. It wouldn't dare because it knows it's going to meet with dominion yeah, yeah. if it dares. Yeah. Yes. Amen. This is what God offers us. We were made, made for dominion. Dominion is very restful, not inactive, but restful. A king doesn't get up and declare Bless God, I'm the king. You listen to me today. No, he just goes and sits on the throne that's his and starts de decreeing things. Says it. And somebody wants to argue with it? He gives them one look and it's the wrong look. They can die right then. Taken out. Why? Because I'm in dominion. Not your opinion. Right? Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. The renewed mind offer the submitted body and the renewed mind offers us days of heaven on earth every day, every day. That doesn't mean circumstances don't come. That doesn't mean feelings don't come. It means our doors are closed. So come, come whatever. Two houses, a storm came to both. Remember Matthew 7, yeah. beat upon that house. Yeah. You're going to feel, you're going to know there's a beating, you hear it. Yeah. 
So what? Stay inside. Don't open the door. Someone may say, well, what about the day your husband died? Was that a day of heaven on earth? And I'd have to say to you, the event was not heaven on earth, but the flow offered me was. I was still offered peace. I was still offered joy. The offer of what was mine didn't leave. I, I made a choice that day. I'm not leaving heaven's flow. I'm not leaving heaven's flow. And I want you to know that in the face of unexpected tragedy, that the flow of heaven that he offers you through a submitted body and a renewed mind is far greater than death. Far greater. Far greater. Not just barely better. Far better. It was no contest. And I, I, I don't know, maybe I baffle people when I say things like this, that the hardest test I've ever gone through is not the home going of my husband. You say, well, didn't you love him? You, certainly. The hardest test I've ever gone through is facing seasons of testing without knowing. That was the hardest. But see, when my husband went home, I knew some things. And I told people, I can't act like I don't know what I know just because he left. And the, re, the, the unrenewed mind doesn't like those statements. They choke on those statements. They think they're dishonorable when it's really honoring of the word. Praise the Lord. Can you stay with me a couple more minutes? Okay. The dominion of the renewed mind is what came up out of my spirit. But there's another thing we could say, the dominion of living in the presence of God, the dominion of glory. Psalm 91. Psalm 91, verse 1. You know it, right? Let me say this, a renewed mind a renewed mind will live aware of the presence of God. Amen. Amen. A renewed mind. If we're not living as aware of the presence of God as we should, it's not about getting a greater feeling of God going. It's about renewing the mind more. The greater the renewing of the mind the more you close the doors to everything that get in between you and your fellowship with God. And his presence is then uninterrupted by all the distractions because renewed mind closed the doors to distractions. And now it's him. Amen. Amen. Psalm 91 verse 1, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high. What's the secret place? The spirit realm. Yeah. It's a spirit realm. That's right. yeah. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide. Abide. Not visit. Not come and go. They, they're stationed there. They abide under the shadow of the almighty. Now this is what someone who's done verse 1 says in verse 2. I will say of the Lord. 
He's my refuge. He's my fortress. He's my God. And in him, I trust. Really, all you have to do is verses one and two. The rest of the verses are what's going to be happening because you did verse one and two. Surely. What is it? Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowl. This is his response to you dwelling in the secret place. The rest of the chapter is. Amen. This is the dominion of his presence. I was, um, I was in a, I was actually, two, I believe it's two years ago at Brother Copeland's Southwest Believers Convention. And I got a phone call. I'd had a phone call from someone and they were older, older friends. That they were like in their 90s. And uh, I'd known them for years before I even married Ed. And they had hit some hard, uh, hard times financially and I had helped them. And um, they called again in the middle of that meeting. And I thought this time, my own resources were not what they, what they were before. And so I thought, I'm not helping them this time. And God said, give them what they need. And I knew he said it. And I knew by giving them what they needed, it was going to take me to almost zero. Hey, Ed taught us how to live on the edge of nothing and keep going. It didn't frighten me, but I'm aware. You're aware. (laughs) You notice. So I did it. And the whole time I'm sitting in the next service, just thoughts, you don't, you're not going to have enough. You're not going to have enough. And I'd answer it and I'd say, you know how I answer when things like that? I, I, I tell it what God said to me. Yes. No, God told me. Yeah. I didn't say, fear, I rebuke you. I said, God told me yeah. to give it. And I am always safe obeying what God said. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Always. Amen. And he'd come again, you're not going to have enough money. God told me. Yeah. To do that. See, when God tells you something, it's because you're going to need to spend those words. Yes. Yes. You don't have to come up with different words. He te- he's telling you what to say when opposition challenges you. So I said, no, God told me to give that. And I'm always safe in doing what God says. I am not unsafe financially. And it kept coming and I'd keep answering. And finally, the Holy Ghost spoke. He said, if you would just get in the presence of God, you wouldn't even have to listen to that. Did you get that? The dominion of his presence. The dominion of being in the glory. That things can't reach you there. They just can't reach you. They don't reach your notice. Your notice is far above on him. And on his word. And although you may hear it, it just doesn't get into your notice. You go, you got scripture for that, pastor? I do. I do. You ought to be glad, right? I'm almost done, so thank you for staying, staying with me. Thank you so much for staying with me on this. I want you to go to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, verse 35. 
Mark chapter 5, verse 35. And I'm going to read out of the Amplified, so if you have a device that lets you pull that up, you may want to. Now, Jairus had come up to Jesus, asked him to come to his house because his daughter's at the point of death. The woman with the issue of blood interrupts Jesus' progress on the trip. Press, it touches his garment. Jesus stops for a testimony meeting. You have to wonder what Jairus is thinking. Like, lady, come on. Lady, speed it up. Don't tell the whole history. Please. 12 years. No, please. That's too far back. Please. <laughs> you know. I'm, I, you know. Anyway. So, while, while Jesus is talking to this woman and giving her instruction, basically say, go into peace and be healed or stay healed of your plague. And at verse 35 of the Amplified, while Jesus was still speaking, talking to this woman with the issue of blood, there came some from the ruler's house and said to Jairus, your daughter has died. Why bother and distress the teacher any further? Verse 36, overhearing but ignoring what they said. <laughs> what is this? This is the posture of the renewed mind. Yes, amen. Overhearing but ignoring. Overhearing. Jesus did not even answer their words. Now he did talk to Jairus and say how to stay in the place where God could meet him. Yeah. Only believe. He gave him instruction, but he did not even challenge those words. He didn't even, none of that. What's he doing? He's practiced at overhearing but ignoring. That's not the first time he's overheard and ignored. He's practiced at it. He's practiced at it. The dominion of God's presence. Amen. Amen. I was watching a, uh, a minister on, uh, he was giving his testimony of having the experience of going to heaven. And this is the only man I'd ever heard who said this. But this minister, uh, when he went to heaven, he saw Stephen, the martyr, the first martyr of the church. And I'd never heard anybody say that they'd ever met him before up there. And he said, in the course, they, they spoke for a few moments. And then this minister said to Stephen, he said, you know, it's recorded how you died, that you died by stoning. And he said, you must have suffered at your time of death. And he said, Stephen looked at him and says, no, I didn't feel a thing. I was in the glory. I was in the glory. I didn't feel anything. Now, if that will happen for a stone coming at your body, would that not also work for thoughts coming against your mind? What was that? The dominion of the glory. The dominion. It put him in total command of his exit. That he exited in glory, not in pain. He exited in glory, not in suffering. Why? Because he was practiced. He, that wasn't the first day he had looked to heaven when things were coming against him. He's practiced. Amen. Amen. At it. Amen. I, uh, I was with a minister and, uh, that, had, that knew um, Sister Catherine Coleman very well. Had ministered alongside of her, traveled with her. And I said, what's the most... I said, tell me a little bit about Catherine Coleman. 
The first thing out of his mouth said, she never came out of the spirit. First thing. Said she lived in the spirit. And I said, tell me how she did that. And he said, without hesitation, he said, she spent three to five hours a day praying in tongues. What was that fellowship? She paid the price of fellowship to have the dominion of glory. And the result of that place, marvelous miracles that happened because she occupied a place available. Yes. Amen. Yeah. I was listening, my husband and I were sitting around a dinner table about 25 years ago listening to a pastor tell the story there was a couple about 90 years old in his church that had been part of Sister Amy Simple McPherson's ministry. And they said to him, they said, we've been in many ministers' meetings over the years, all the leading ones. And he said that she, the couple said, no one's anointing came near hers. They didn't even come close to the measure of anointing you felt in the room under Sister Amy. And he said to them, what is that due to? And they said two things. Number one, she had 150 people praying during her every service that she had. And they weren't just praying to pray. They had some skill. But they said the second thing is, she paid the price to live in intimacy with Jesus. That's a key. That if we want to have this dominion that flows just by being in his presence. Things straighten out. Pastor Craig got up and was receiving the offering and says, I am. Mm -hmm. Why did those words, they were about him, but why did they have the effect they had? He said that from a place. His intimacy with his father. That when he spoke, those words had an effect. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. We're learning. He made us for dominion. The dominion, and I don't, so, so many subcategories, if we could say this, to become skillful with our dominion. Skillful with our dominion in the renewed mind. Skillful with our dominion of, in that place of intimacy with the Father. Amen. Are you helped tonight? Stand with me to your feet. Again, thank you for staying hooked up for so long and staying hungry. Amen. Father, we give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you glory and honor. We're so grateful we belong to you. Jesus, we thank you. Let's just lift up our hands and worship him. Listen, we choose. We choose. We choose what flow that we permit in our lives. We choose. Amen. Let's just not be floaters that just hope we float into something of dominion. Hope we float into our victory. No, we purposefully direct our days so that we can become skillful at this dominion that has been made ours. Amen. Father, we thank you. We give you glory and honor. We give you glory and honor.
Jesus. Just lift up your hands and worship him. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you. A couple of months ago, I was, God said to me, he said, I long to heal. I long to. I long for people to be healed. And um, when we were at Pastor Jay Eberly's church, God said to me certain things on the Wednesday night service of that. And one of the things he said to me, he said, uh, waves of healings are going to start. Waves of healing, rather, are going to start flowing in the congregation. And he said, and <clears throat> he brought this before me, is when, if you go to a beach and a wave comes and you may stand to where it's going to wash over you, uh, once it washes over you and goes past you, that wave is gone. God said, I so long to heal that I'm not going to do that. He said, the way this will flow is it will roll on them and keep rolling. and keep, It won't pass them by. It'll keep rolling. He said, now they will have to respond to it. But he said, for those who don't know how to respond, I'm not willing to just pass over. I'll stay with them for a while to help them to yield. Help them to yield. And that night, I don't know how many, we, we had testimonies that came up, maybe eight different people that came up, but there were more than that. There were other people. But about, what was it, five of them maybe got new knees. I mean, they were bone on bone, and they were doing knee bends in front of us. One, one of his gals that came up on crutches, and she sat and did squats in front of us. When, I mean, she was even debating on coming to the meeting, she was in so much pain. And I mean, the, nobody touched her, just waves of that healing power. Amen. But it has to be received. And God said to me, he reminded me, and maybe some of you ministers can help, help remind me on this. My husband would say that that power, that he, he would, to bless, he would go like this, remember, to bless the congregation. And he says, I can get that power to flow back a certain number of feet. Does anybody remember that how, how far he said he could get it to flow back? Yeah, but was it about, about four or five rows that that could be tangible to those, but it wouldn't go. God said to me, he said, this will reach all the way to the back. Because it's not a, just a, it's not just a blessing that's coming off the anointing of that man. It is the flow in that room of what God is. Amen. Praise the Lord. So don't just think because I'm not up front, it's going to be lesser. <laughs> Amen. Father, we thank you. Just if you need healing in this place. Hook up to your heart. Uh, just quiet the mind. Focus on, on your spirit. Or focus on Jesus. And just receive. 
Don't try to figure out anything. Don't try to think of something. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you. There it is. We thank you. Ah. We thank you. We thank you for waves of healing. We, th- we thank you for waves of healing. We thank you, Father, for waves of healing. We thank you, Father, for waves of healing. Just receive it. Just receive the waves of healing. We, we thank you for it, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you for it, Father. Whatever it is you need, receive that for yourself. Just receive that. We thank you, Father. We thank you. Uh, we thank you for it. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. of the anointing that destroys the yoke. We thank you for that. We thank you for that. We thank you for that, Father. We thank you. We thank you, Father.
receive it, what about you? I receive it. I receive it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Mashtigia de beshikigie. Mastakaye. couldn't do before I'm talking about physically if there was some kind of condition something limited you if there was pain or stiffness or soreness give action to that amen we thank you father we thank you father we thank you father we thank you father we thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give you glory, Father. We give you glory and honor.
you, Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for the great price you paid so that all could be ours. We're so, so grateful. We take our place and we thank you that in the taking brings us heaven on earth. And that's what we'll have. We thank you for your word. We honor your word. We glorify you. We magnify you. And everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you say, I received something tonight? Did you get something tonight? Absolutely. Praise the Lord. Thank God for changes, right? Changes offered us and we make them. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you don't want to miss in the morning, every morning in the, till Thursday morning, till Thursday night, 10 a.m., 7 p.m. And uh, come expecting. Amen. Every service come expecting something. Amen. Well, turn around to somebody before you're dismissed and say, I was made for dominion and it works for me. And you can be dismissed. God bless you. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.